What's up guys? We got Matt, we got Ramrod, and we're back. I'm Scott Sturman. This is episode 20 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. What's happening guys? Episode 20. 2-0. That's an anniversary. I don't know what I don't know what the the stone for that is. Is I don't know what is, is it, no, 25 is silver, I think. Is 25 silver? Maybe 20 is nothing. Maybe it just goes by fives, tens, 25s. Yeah. We get a Ramsey, that's all we get for episode 20. (laughs) That makes it special. Uh. (laughs) We're going to quick talk with him. He's got to jet out of here in a little bit to go do some bowling. 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 It's almost playoff time for for the bowling league. Pro bowler, he, yeah, he, not much of a fisherman, but he's a decent bowler, so. He dabbles. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we, uh, me and Matt got out, uh, what night was that? Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Silver Lake. Silver. Yep, we got over there, went for some walleyes, pitched some plastics, and, uh, saw a guy at the boat ramp. He said that the day before they caught their limit, and that day they went out, did the exact same thing with no luck, so. Yeah. It was a tough bite. Yeah, we didn't have any luck neither, so. Water was kind of dirty. I was, that surprised me a little bit. I don't know if the rain the night before kind of had an effect on that. And it was pretty windy, yeah. you know, evening when we first started out. But I think if we would have stayed probably after dark, I think we could have probably got into a few. Yep. yep. You, caught, you caught the big largemouth bass, the surprise of the night. I did. I caught a largemouth bass, and when I hooked into it, I was like, holy mackerel. Like, what in the world do yeah, we got we here? We knew you had when something big on. When you're walleye fishing, and all of a sudden you catch something like that, it was, uh, I didn't know what to think. But yeah, I didn't even think that there was much for largemouth in there, let alone one that was that size. Yeah, I I literally, when I saw the shape down under there, it was it was a tall enough fish. I thought I had a drum. And, yeah. But no, that it was felt a nice good. Largemouth. Yeah, felt good. But those are those can be kind of fun sometimes. Those unexpected catches. Oh yeah. When you're definitely. out there fishing. Definitely. It's too bad that we weren't bluegill fishing and catch a big walleye or something like that. No, but that's true. Uh, yeah. I, I'm all right with a good bass. I'm all right with a good bass. It's a lot of fun when you're. Panfish fishing, catch a good walleye. <laughs> at least we didn't get. Uh, at least we didn't get skunked. <laughs> at least we didn't have ramrod in the yeah. boat. <laughs> That's true. No, but today we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, smallmouth bass fishing down here in the Rock River, and. Uh, that's kind of all three of our, one of our favorite things to do in the summertime, early, or, you know, in the spring. Right now, the river's a little bit high, and it's yep. not going to be good fishing here, at least for another week, but... Yeah, that like always Matt, plays a role. Like Matt was saying beforehand, it, it could set up to be a really good May. Yeah, May's going to be dynamite down here for smallmouth fishing and walleye fish, just fishing in general, I mean, because we catch so many different species here. Uh, it's about to... It's about at that level where it's it's a little too high to fish. It's hard, you know, the it's running hard to find some of that slack water. You were down there the other night, Dusty, yep. and it was kind of tough fishing it. Yeah, the night that these guys went down to, uh, was it Silver? Yep. Yeah, they were down at Silver. I, I went down there, and the water was high, a lot dirtier than normal. Um, tried to find a couple calm spots and, and you know, do some slow jigging. Um, just using a little white plastic, but... Yeah, there was no luck down there at all. Yeah, but like this, we're supposed to get seventy degree weather this weekend. It's supposed to, it's going to warm the water up fast. I don't think people realize how fast the water warms up when you get some of them warm days like that, and that'll really get the fish active and thinking about moving up to get ready to spawn. And then, yeah, once it goes down a little bit, it's it's going to be good. Yep. 
And what we're talking about here, here in Rock Rapids, we are very lucky. We got a place uh, downtown called Island Park. And big public park. Anyone who's listening is free to come here also. And it's got a small dam that's probably about 8 to 10 foot wide, would you yeah. say? Yeah. Something like that. And then there's a bigger overhead dam farther, a little bit farther upstream. That's maybe maybe 60 yards wide, something yeah. like that. And... Yeah, right below those two areas always seems, you know, that, that that's a really good spot that holds a lot of fish. Yeah. But anywhere you can find any rock is always a good spot to make some casts. And, uh, yeah, what we like to use a lot of times, like Dusty said, is just a twister tail. White always seems to be a real good color. And an eighth ounce, three sixteenth, quarter ounce jig somewhere right in there always seems to be pretty good deal for you know smallmouth bass walleyes northerns you can kind of catch everything on it yep yep like for you dusty when you go down there and you're looking for a spot to fish you know say you know your favorite spot what do you look for in the river like what you don't you don't got to give up your favorite absolute spot but what do you look for i'm i'm Me. like matt said but if i'm going down there by myself i'll uh I'll definitely look for the rocks. Um, I'm looking for, you know, like the bridges. I'll fish along the bridges. Um, I'm looking for like some deeper holes too. So with all those rocks, it's the water levels are going up and down. And I try to find those deeper holes and, and drop down in the bottom of those. And a lot of times those, those little holes are holding one or two really nice fish. And the biggest smallmouth they even caught out of the Rock River was in a, a tiny little like I'd say four foot by four foot hole, and it was just chilling in the bottom of it. So. Yep. Yeah, it was probably, and it was early in the year. My guess is that it was probably up there spawning. Yep. And, it, and that's kind of the big thing about like with the river here. A lot of people um, kind of make that mistake of when they're fishing it, they're always casting way out there, way out there, and actually, you don't have to cast out real far. Like right up along shore is where you get a majority of your bites in all reality. Yep. I mean, when I used to bring my class down there, when we go fishing down, that's what I'd always tell the kids. You know, sometimes instead of making a cast, just take and leave about three foot of line out and just kind of go along the rocks along the shoreline. And next thing you know, they'd be yelling that they had one on. Yep, that's how I taught Grady and Aubrey yep. too. You know, just, just dance that little twister yep, tail around the rocks. Around you know, and... Especially if, if there's a good rapid that comes right up close to the shore. Right. And then there's a big rock in between, or, you know, right. in the rapid. Just bounce it around right behind there. Yep, those little don't take slack long. waters, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it, because of what they're doing is they're all sitting there with that current constantly going in the river. They like to find those bigger rocks, those boulders, and they just sit right behind those things and wait for the bait, whether it be, you know, minnows crayfish anything like that just to kind of come into that area and boom that's when they hit it or one comes swimming by and they come flying out and smack it so those are kind of some key areas to look for when you're down there fishing with you guys's experience do you guys like if you're sitting on the bank do you think you do better casting upstream or casting downstream and, and reeling back um, most of the time i'm casting downstream mm -hmm. and i'm a, a big jigging person i'll cast it downstream and I'll jig it upstream the whole way back. Yep. Yeah. And you just kind of skip it. You yep. like to skip yep. it back? When, when I'm when I'm casting, if I ever do cast, you know, into it and it's, it's coming back to me, a lot of times the river is flowing, you know, pretty good. Um, and so it tends to come back a lot faster than I would like it to. So when I come and I cast it downstream, I tend to have a little bit more control yep. over 
And and when you cast it upstream, you know, to those of you that are thinking about going up there and, and giving this a shot, I think your snag, you know, you're, you're oh, going to yeah. lose a lot of jigs down yep. there. You oh, know, yeah. don't, don't go down there with one jig because you might only fish for one cast. Right. But I, that is one thing. I think when you cast upstream and you start working it back, the rock river is so full of rocks yep. that, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna lose a lot of jigs. Yeah. And yeah, we do every year. We all lose, we donate <laughs> to it. So just, you know, go to, at the bottom of the rock river, <laughs> go to these tackle shops when they're having their sales and just don't buy the expensive jigs because you're going to lose it. Same way with like lures and everything. When you're casting a lure out there, don't bring a deep diver and throw it out there because you're going to lose it. It's going to go down into the rocks. Because most areas that I know of, the deepest, if there's spots that it's seven to eight foot deep, that's pretty deep. Oh, yeah. I mean, most of the water that we're fishing in, the... Uh, ones that you kind of are float the floating rapala ones are always a good one um, so otherwise you're going to lose a lot of that tackle if you got young ones that you're bringing down there too you know it's always cool when they have a tackle box full of lures and it gets discouraging when they lose one yep. so just remember those things and another thing to never forget don't be afraid just to when you got younger kids like that take a bobber put a jig head and a twister tail a little ways underneath the bobber so it holds it up off the rocks and then they can cast that out and slowly kind of reel that along and you're getting the same effect with the twister tail and everything underneath of it but that bobber is keeping it from going down into the rocks and them getting snagged up all the time yep and another thing you know when you can find those those rapids there's normally i think what they call an eddy, eddy yep the you slack know, that, water yep just kind of goes in a circle if you if you put a night crawler underneath of there oh yeah you know just a a foot or two underneath of a bobber and toss that out a kid can sit you know make his home on a rock and you know just watch that bobber go around and around and around yeah. you know the carp the catfish you know you're gonna catch yep. something down well, there small amount yep. everything bites on a night yep. crawler and a hook yep yeah back to the uh upstream downstream thing a uh, big thing that i do is or why i do a lot of the downstream stuff is there's always a constant tension on the line Yep. And I've noticed that when I am casting upstream and it's coming back to me, there's a, a lot of slack. And so I've missed a lot of fish from not feeling the bites. So. Um, now, you run a lot of tube jigs. Both of you guys oh, yeah. do, right? Yeah, I used to yeah. not really know anything of it until yeah. Matt, Matt kind of introduced me into that. And that is like my go-to river bait. Yeah. I, I've got a feeling that with the tube jigs, you're going to get a few less snags, too. Sometimes. You think? It, it it all depends how you work them. Yeah. I mean, and you got to kind of have a, a lighter head on there. The thing I like to do with, with a secret I like to use with the tube jigs is monofilament line. Because when I have when I run monofilament line and I get a snag, usually what happens is that head's kind of wedged in between a couple rocks. With that stretch of monofilament line, I can pull it back and snap it off there and that will pop it backwards off of that those rocks and then I'm able to bring yep. it back up. Another thing that you can do if you get a snag is let a bunch of line out and, and let, let that current let that it. current go down there and then rip it back along that current. And you know, sometimes if you can pull that jig back just in a little bit of a different direction, mm -hmm. you can pop it back out of yep. there too. And yeah, just just another little tip for, for from from my experience, I've noticed that 
you got to do a lot more hook sets, and there's going to be a lot more missed fish. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just my experience with those, you know, those uh, jig heads put into those tubes. That hook is kind of hidden in that skirt. So when you're setting the hook, you got to like sometimes really get it, sometimes not get it because you'll pull it out. But from my experience, I've missed a lot more fish, but a lot more hookups too. Yep. Yeah. And just a couple more things, you know, talking about fishing down here in the river. Uh, remember the limit is only three smallmouth bass. <clears throat> Don't yeah. keep them. Don't yeah. keep them. Catch and release, we always promote that. Uh, we always see a lot of people down there, buckets full of little ones. It's not worth it. The, the DNR patrols it quite often. You'd be surprised. Don't be thinking that you're going to get away with it because you're going to get caught. There's eyes and ears down there as well. I've, I've called guys yeah. in. <laughs> well, it's ridiculous. I mean, every year there's, there's don't waste people. the resource. Yep. And yep. Also, along with that, pick up your trash Ooh, along God. the bank. I mean, it's a river. I get it. After high water, there's always a bunch of trash that washes around, but. Even when it's low, there's bait containers laying around, pa hook packages, lure packages laying around. Um, fishing line. Don't, you know, if you lose a bunch of fishing line, don't just leave it in the rocks. Throw it in your pocket and take it with you and throw it in the trash. Don't throw it out in the water or anything like that because fish get tangled up in it. It just makes a mess. Everybody else, you know, is getting caught up in it as well. So nothing, just a few things. Nothing made me more mad than when I was selling bait. Yeah, going down there to the river and seeing one of my styrofoam containers sitting there and, you know, the dirt's everywhere and, ooh, man, yeah. that just really grinded my gears. Yeah. Pop bottles, all that stuff. Also, another one, too, is you don't catch carp and throw them on the bank. Thank you. Okay? Don't do that. First of all, it's Thank illegal. You. It's illegal, first of all. Second of all, it does stink. When summer rolls around and it starts to get to be 90 degree days and there's a bunch of dead carp laying up on the shoreline in the rocks, uh, it's not a good combination. Well, and I mean, you know, I, I think of a guy like my neighbor Jeremy bringing his five-year-old son down there. Right. And, you know, they get down to their fishing spot and all of a sudden there's a dead fish there. And it gives all the rest of us fishermen a terrible black terrible eye. Name. Yeah. Black ter eye. Yep. Terrible yeah, name. I mean, to say. anyone who is a non-fisher that walks down there because there's a bike trail and a walking yep. trail there, and there's more people there. that use it for recreational purposes than fishing definitely and if they don't understand that a carp is a rough fish i get it whatever but if they just see a dead fish down there or if they happen to see you while you're fishing knocking carp in the head and throwing them up on the bank you know yeah. and leaving them what do you think they're gonna think exactly you know i mean it, they don't they don't look at that like oh yeah you know good job that's carp don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Just let them go. Every How, The way I look at it is, you know what, how would you like it if I caught a bunch of them and knocked them in the head and came and threw them on your front yard? Probably wouldn't like it very much, so don't leave them down there. And there's a reason, you know, God put those fish in our river for a reason. Right. I realize the Asian carp is an invasive species, whatever, but each fish serves a purpose in the ecosystem. Yeah. You know, there, there's, you know, the bass, there's the walleyes, there's the pike, there's the carp. Every fish has its job. Right. And, and you know, the the population is where it's at because that's that's where yep. 
and and they have a purpose. I don't care what anyone says. And they're a hell of a lot of fun to they catch. They are. They are. You know, if you ever see any of us guys down there fishing, don't be afraid to come up and talk to us. Ask us some questions. If you have a young kid, then maybe you yourself don't really have a clue of how to fish down there. Like Scott said earlier, we have plenty of years of experience fishing. I grew up fishing down here in the river, and so have these guys. So. Don't be afraid to come up there and talk to us. About my, stuff. my wife is always getting pissed off because I'll come home at 1030 and she's like, where have you been? I was down at the river. It's been dark for an hour. <laughs> yeah, well, so-and-so came and drove up and I got we talking with them. Started talking. Yeah, yeah I... Yeah. Well, there's a lot of times where you go down there for four hours and you only get about a half hour of fishing. <laughs> yeah. 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 The biggest thing that probably eats me is like, I'll get to one of my good spots and I'll cast out and kind of get snagged on something. And I go, well, what was that? And then I'll, you know, get it out and get snagged on it again. Well, I end up getting snagged on some line and I've seen people get, you know, out there catfish fishing or something and throw some big heavy weight out there at the bottom and you're going to get, you know, in a lot of spots you're going to get snagged. And they would cut it at their rod. Yeah, don't. And so do that. all that line goes into the river and just sits there. Yep, that's. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's. It really brings me back to another point that if a guy was wearing Crocs, <laughs> he could get out there in the water and yeah. get that hook out. Yeah, that's the only good place for a Crocs is out there in the water because nobody can see him on your feet then. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got Ramsey. We got Ramsey in between us tonight. Yeah. So we. <laughs> Yeah, you said we you wanted. You said you wanted to have a disagreement. Yeah. <laughs> Got Herb Dean you know, here in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. What's you, what's you guys' biggest pet peeves about the river? Aside from trash. Aside from, you know, throwing carp up on the bank. Like, what's the thing when you get down there that you just can't stand to see? Ooh, that's a good one. Um. Oh. You know, like I said, the trash thing really is something that bothers me. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. It just really grinds my gears seeing a bunch of people keeping bass. Well, yeah, that always gets me. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that the limit is three. You're allowed to do it, whatever. But I think there are so many high school age kids that go down there and, yeah, we're going to have a fish fry. They don't yeah. even realize that. And and who knows, maybe bass is better eating than what I'm giving it credit for. But, I I mean, you got to know that they're going home with their Swiss Army knives and hacking away at the first fish, and it's like, yeah, well, that didn't really work out. What do you guys say we just throw these away and head over to Pizza Ranch? Or I, or I, they just they bring them and have all intentions of cleaning them, and then all of a sudden they get busy doing something else, and then they're just like, yeah, and they just end up in the trash. Now, I think the biggest part of that is when they're either you know they're they're allowed to keep three i get it if they want to legally keep three they can do it to clean as long as they're cooking them go ahead but try to make them the 12 to 13 to 14 inches not like all these 18, 18 plus 17 because in the because in the river they don't we don't get a lot of 18 to 20 inch or 18 plus every once in a while but you know kind of let some of them bigger ones maybe stay in there and because in the river they're probably pretty old fish when you really yep. think about it yep 
So I think I think that would have to be. I think now that you are talking about that, I think one of my big pet peeves is when I go down there, and there's uh, people down there with nets. Oh yeah. And they're over there below the spillway kind of area, and they're walking around trying to dip net fish and everything like yep. that. And it's just you, like you can't. Oh, you, no, you can't even do chubs. You and, can't do or, anything. It's just like come no. on, people. Yep. Just, you know, you gotta have some a special license sense. in order to yeah. to do it. And even then, I'm not even sure how that goes. You got to roll ram. Right? Yeah, this will be my last comment before I head out, but. I'd say, um, I mean, I get it, it's a river in the town, and some people don't, you know, go to the swimming pool and some of that type of stuff, but one thing that kind of eats at me is when there's a bunch of people swimming, and like, especially if I'm fishing there, and then they show up, and then they'll jump in, like, right where I'm fishing, and it's like, okay, you see me fishing right here, yeah. and there's plenty of other places that, you know, to jump in, and there's a lot of people that tube during the summer and all that, but. The plate, like some of the places where I'm fishing, you shouldn't even be swimming in anyways. But that's we've, probably we've been really fortunate in this town that we have not had any serious incidences in the river with oh, people. Oh, no doubt about it. Because there's a lot of times where there's a lot of young kids down there swimming unsuper. I mean, it can get to be kind of sketchy. Oh, no doubt. That's what I worry about. See you, Ramsey. I'm peacing. Good luck at bowling tonight. Thanks, guys. Bowl a touchdown. <laughs> No, it definitely with those with the bridges and whatnot. People don't realize no. uh, how dangerous it is to sw- if you're going to swim underneath one of them bridges, yeah. especially if the water is pretty close to the top of that. You know, right now during the spring, you go down there and you look at all of the all of the sticks and whatnot yeah. that are getting washed down there. They're stuck underneath of that, and and the current really gets going fast underneath of those bridges. You think that you're going to swim from the top side to the bottom side? Not happening. It, it's going to be bad news. Yeah. It's going and, to be bad and news. And also, like, this time when with all the rivers and stuff like that flooding, you get a lot of uh, barbed wire in the river. Oh, yeah. I, I never mean, even thought about you that. You know, there's a lot of barbed wire in that river. And, I mean, no, not bad. only can you get a nasty cut and, uh, you know, possible tetanus-type situation, but you got, yeah get your leg caught up in something like that and that current's running pretty good you might get pulled under and i don't know like i said knock on wood we've been fortunate hopefully it keeps up that way but it's yeah. a great it's it's a great opportunity for us it's a great place for kids to go down there fishing we've talked about it before how cool it is to see all the kids down there on their bikes riding down there and um on their mopeds whatever a lot of parents will grandparents will bring them down there let them go fish for a while. It's it's so cool. It's such a neat little area. I know a couple years ago they were talking about taking out the big dam, and Ooh. we were pretty passionate about that, about them Ooh. not doing it because they want to make it into more of kind of a recreational kayaking, whitewater-type river. And they, they claim that they've done studies and that the fishing gets better, but I just – all the other places that I've seen them do it to, it just doesn't seem like their rivers have gotten better as far as fishing. They've gotten worse. And Definitely. You look at Klondike. Look at Klondike. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. I used to go back to Klondike when I was in high school or right after high school, and I met a bunch of buddies over there, and we used to hammer catfish. We used to get northerns and... And it, it isn't like that anymore. Right. I'm not... I mean, it it's still good fishing. It... it, it well... I don't even know if I'd call it good fishing, but it's all right. But it isn't like what it was. I, I know that. Yeah. And what do they call it? A low head dam or something like that? And they, yeah, I think all that's these safety what... issues, like 
over how many years, how many people have drowned in them. Well, just monitor people. Not there shouldn't be swimming in underneath of them and by them, and you know monitor that a little bit. Yep. I mean, bridges are dangerous too. Yep. But no one's looking to ban bridges. Right. You know. Well. Yeah. Well, yeah. But no, we're getting we're getting looking forward to that. Yep. Said it's gonna it's gonna start up here pretty soon, and it's gonna be really good fishing down there. Definitely. Speaking. Uh, this, yeah, this weekend we got uh, you know Iowa Great Lakes Bass Club first tournament of the year. I think we're going to give it a go. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm not expecting a whole lot out of myself, but oh, you'd I, be surprised. Yeah, you know if if I can if I can weigh a fish, I'd you yeah. know. Well, that's always the goal is you got to get one. Yeah, and then two. Nice thing about that is like it's a three fish limit. All you got to do is catch three fish. You know. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier said than done. Yep. <laughs> especially 15 inches or bigger it's always fun because there's the iowa great lakes bass club if anybody's interested in it they have a bunch of tournament days throughout the year a bunch of great guys i used to fish in it quite a few years ago i i don't i know some of the guys that are still in it Uh, like i said awesome guys to fish with it's a cheap way to get into tournament fishing and there are some really good fishermen in those things Matt Deitch. Well, no. I mean, there's some <laughs> oh, I, really good fishermen yep. there that go and fish some of these big tournaments and, yep. you know, do quite well in them. It'll, no, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. The second that you told me about it and said, you know, hey, I think we should, I think maybe we should do that. Yeah. Kind of been giddy ever since. Yeah, it's so. kind of a cool format how they have it set up now. You know, you and I will fish out of the same boat, but we won't be fishing against each other like it used to be in the past. You know, they have an angler or a boater division and a non-boater division. Yep. So, you know, we kind of work together. Even if we were going against each other, you still work together. Right. You got to you take your three biggest bass and weigh them in at the end of the day, and it's always kind of fun to see what people bring in because, it, you know, they got to be 15 inches, and a 15-inch bass is going to be in there in that two-and-a-half-pound range usually. And usually you got to have – you know, around 11, 12 pounds to win one of those tournaments. And so you think about that, that's a four-pound average on a fish, and those are darn nice fish that you got to come in and catch with. Well, and Okaboji can produce some piggies. Oh, I think last year in their fall tournaments, um, the one day 12 pounds won it and one day 13 pounds won it. I can remember a few years ago, the spring tournament, somebody brought in 15 pounds of bass on three bass I really mean, so yeah i mean you're talking five pounds per bass and that's it's a big that's a good bag yeah i wish that bass that i caught the other night at silver lake would have been uh, yeah, this saturday. saturday yeah that would have helped a lot yeah the old kicker yeah but no so yeah, it's gonna be fun yeah it's supposed to be a nice day out there 75 yeah, i don't Ooh. know what the wind's supposed to do but it i last i looked it wasn't supposed to be super windy it was yeah. really supposed to be a pretty nice day so all right yeah well unless you have something else we'll leave you guys with that that is episode 20 20 we'll see uh next next episode next week it's gonna be legally able to have a beer if it wants to that's right that's right 21 i'm I'm actually i'm leaving for florida (laughs) oh that's right on tuesday so we'll see if we can maybe record something over the weekend or or maybe we won't even have an episode this this coming week but We'll figure it out. That's right. Episode 21 will come when episode 21 comes. You got some fishing planned for down in Florida. I do. I I actually just got off the phone with Captain Josh uh, uh, here a couple hours ago and 
going to be going one week from today. Uh, going to go out with him and eh, I think maybe, you know, there's a couple of days after that. Uh, the kids and my dad are going out with me on that morning and if I don't have anything going and if he don't have any trips, maybe one of the days after that we'll go and he, he actually today, he said that, uh, yesterday, uh, his, uh, boat was sitting out there and they were shark fishing and they had a whole bunch of tarpon come through. Ooh, that, <laughs> don't tempt you with a good nope, time. No, huh? Oh, just even hook one of them and just see it come out of the water. Yeah. They, they spend more time out of the water than in the water. So who's the guy that you usually go with down there? Uh, his name's Captain Josh Roberts. Uh, if you want to look him up on Facebook, it's fish Southwest FL. Uh, on facebook and uh he's got instagram too he's super super awesome dude yeah i mean like very driven and and uh I'd, I'd i'd say he's about my age give or take a couple of years i'm not really sure but yeah he he works hard and very friendly great with kids if you're ever in southwest florida and you want to go fishing that's the guy to go with no questions asked so awesome yeah oh one thing before we leave i gotta wish grandpa Deitch. Grandpa Deitch, happy 93. 93. Happy 93rd birthday to Grandpa Deitch. My cousin did some math today, and he's seen like, or she put on there that Grandpa has seen like 16 presidents in his lifetime. And really, just how many days that he's, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm hoping, I hope to be, I hope to be 93 years old someday and going like he's going. Yeah, you're dang right. The other night when we did that podcast up there, we lost a little screw off the microphone. Next thing you know, Grandpa Deitch at 93 years old is down on his hands and knees looking for that screw. Yeah, crawling around. That's like when we we did some deer meat a while back, and he's down there, hands, you know, getting right into it too. I'm 30, and I'm like, (laughs) to the ground, all right. That'll humble you. Yeah, so... All right, we'll see you next uh, next episode. Peace.